Well, M12, how are you doing tonight? Awesome. Well, hey, we are so glad that you're here. If you are a first-time guest, uh, welcome. My name is Matt and Men. We are pumped about what God wants to do in this room, what he's already done, baptisms, worshiping, and now we're about to open up the Bible. It's going to be incredible. But before we do that, man, can we just put our hands together for the band leading us in worship? Man, they every week in, uh, week in, week out, do an incredible job leading us. But tonight we are in a series called Goat, the Greatest of All Time. And man, it is just going to be incredible. So here's the thing that we all know, that we all have individually uh, greatest of all time kind of people in our lives. Like we've got this in every area of life. I mean, Raise your hand in the room if you are just an avid music fan. There are many of us, so you can put your hands down. If you're a music person, you know that this guy on the screen is the goat of music. Do we have his picture? I mean, he just is, right? He's the greatest of all time in music, but maybe that's not quite you. Uh, maybe you are more of a movie person. I am. I'm a, I'm a, I love a good actor, a good actress. So maybe, uh, may, maybe this is a favorite actor of yours right here, uh, this next guy, Denzel Washington. I mean, Denzel is the man. Or maybe, raise your hand if you love some cartoons. Maybe it's this one on the screen, SpongeBob. See, see we all have personal favorite all-time greats, right? We, we just... Do And here's something else that I've learned is that we tend to mimic all-time greats in our life. I remember I did this in middle school and in high school. I would often mimic one of my favorite basketball players. So I would uh, bring friends over from the middle school, over from the high school, and we would play basketball in the driveway for hours. And I would mimic a man by the name of LeBron James. I mean, some of you like LeBron, some of you don't, but here's the thing, is I love LeBron, and I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're probably looking at me and thinking, dude, there's no way that you would ever mimic LeBron, and guess what? You're totally right. LeBron uh, is not somebody that I could really uh, mimic, but what I did to try to mimic LeBron with my friends is I would watch uh, LeBron highlights night after night after night so that I could mimic LeBron. In fact, I would watch a lot of highlights very similar to these right here. Check it out. CM12, that is why I wanted to mimic LeBron, all-time favorite of mine. But hey, this series is about the true greatest of all time, Jesus. See, the Bible has a lot to say about Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus was literally God in the flesh, that Jesus never sinned, never disrespected his parents, never did anything wrong. Jesus actually did a lot of miracles while he was here on earth. The Bible says that he gave people sight who could not previously see. He gave uh, walking ability to those who couldn't walk. Jesus did all kinds of amazing things on earth. The Bible also teaches that he died for you and for me in our place. But not only that, he came back to life, went back into heaven... And if you're a Christian, he's coming back for you. This series is about Jesus. 
And we all want to emulate Jesus. In fact, like I wanted to, you know, emulate uh, LeBron, mimic LeBron. During Jesus's life, there are those who followed him closely that wanted to be like Jesus too. In fact, in Jesus's day, there were a lot of guys about your age, a lot of girls about your age that followed Jesus. In fact, many of them uh, left home, left jobs, uh, left school to follow Jesus. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're like, where do I sign up to leave school to follow Jesus? I want that. But a lot of people follow Jesus. And in fact, in that day, the people who didn't follow Jesus actually nicknamed those who did follow Jesus. They named them Christians. That's actually where our name comes from, is from when other people nicknamed us Christians because they emulated Jesus. And so as I was kind of thinking through this, I had this thought. My thought was when people look at my life, do they ever think, you know, Matt looks a lot like Jesus? I mean, you don't have to give uh, a, a out loud answer, but do people think that about you? When people think about you, do they ever think he is like, she is like Jesus? And that is why we wanted to have this series together. Our thought was, is if we could get every middle school at the central campus in the same room and have this conversation for a few weeks about it, about what it looked like to live like Jesus, that that would be something that could really take us to the next level. See, you know this to be true, that if you follow Jesus, if you claim to be a Christian, like many of you do, that you should live like Jesus did. In fact, this is a pretty biblical idea. First uh, John 2.6 says this, uh, Whoever claims to live in him or live for Jesus must live as Jesus did. He must live as Jesus did. So if we're going to live like Jesus, then we got to know about these qualities that, that made Jesus so great. And so in week one of this series, we talked about how Jesus was humble. And like M12, if you think about it, if anybody lived that did not have to be humble, it was Jesus, right? I mean, think about it. Jesus was God in the flesh. Jesus could do anything at any time. I mean, he's, he's like going around town doing miracles. I mean, Jesus did not have to be humble, but he was, so we should be humble, and then in week two, we talk about how Jesus was obedient to, to God the Father and how you and I should be obedient. But tonight, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about how Jesus was intentional with his friendships. What this meant is there, there was no interaction, no friendship started or friendship developed that Jesus did not do on purpose. In fact, if you've got your notes, here's the bottom line of the night, very simple, be an intentional friend. Be an intentional friend. And here's the thing is if we're going to learn from Jesus, then, then we've got to get a story in the Bible that really shows us what it looked like for Jesus to have some intentional friendships. And so if you've got a Bible, let's uh, go to Luke chapter 19. If you've got a 12-stone Bible, that's page 1052. You can go ahead and turn there. And we just want to look at, at this story, and man, I think it's going to show us a ton about how we can be like Jesus and how we can have the same kind of relationships that Jesus did. Okay, so here we go. Luke chapter 19. I know some of you are still turning there. We're going to go ahead and start. Verse 1, it's going to be on the screen too. It says this, 
Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. So let's kind of stop it right here and and set the scene a little bit. Jesus is traveling through a city. There's this guy uh, named Zacchaeus. The Bible says that, that he was a tax collector. But more than that, he was kind of the chief tax collector. And what this meant basically is that Zacchaeus, M12, you got to catch this, he was not a popular guy, right? I mean, tax collectors in that day, what they would do is they would uh, come into a town or a city several times a year, and they would say, this is what you owe the government, pay us your taxes. But what chief, uh, uh, chief tax collectors did, like Zacchaeus, is he would go to them and say, here is what you owe the government, pay it up, but... I'm going to charge you whatever else I want, and you have to pay for it. Like, right, not a popular guy. I mean, imagine if you saw that guy around town. People would not have a lot of good things to say about Zacchaeus, you know? It would be kind of like this. I know summer just ended and we're back in school now. But uh, imagine if you were maybe going on a vacation or a road trip with your family, and and you stopped to, you know, like get some snacks. That's what you do, right, on a road trip. So you stop at a gas station, and you go inside, man, you you get like a water, you get a a Coke, maybe like some Skittles, I don't know. And you go up to the the counter, the register, and and like, you know how much it's supposed to be, but that guy's like, cool, $30. And it's like, what? Like, how many of you would just walk out of the gas station at that point, right? I'd be like, "Uh, I'm okay, thanks. So that guy is Zacchaeus. That guy's Zacchaeus, but... Jesus is going to come around, and let's see what happens. Verse 3, he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Verse 4, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him because Jesus was coming that way. See, notice how, how Zacchaeus was mesmerized with Jesus. I mean, like, think about it a little bit. In that day, you know, Zacchaeus wasn't, like, rolling down the road, pulling out his iPhone and refreshing Twitter. Like, he didn't know that Jesus was coming, right? You'd think. But we do know from the Bible and from some other stuff that it's pretty likely that Zacchaeus uh, had heard of Jesus because Jesus had been doing a lot of cool stuff, right? Miracles, all these things. And so Jesus, the word about him, had probably gone around a few towns, and Zacchaeus was curious about Jesus. And M12, you know the bottom line, be an intentional friend that we're talking about? See, Jesus was like that because other people were attracted to Jesus, and not by anything uh, about his physical appearance. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus kind of looked like an average guy. He was an average Dude, but there was something about the way Jesus lived that was attractive to Zacchaeus. Stay with me. There was something about Zacchaeus that, or about Jesus that was attractive to Zacchaeus. In M12, catch this. There are a ton of people in your school who are curious about Jesus. And they may not say it that way or say it out loud, But if you live like Jesus at your school, I promise eventually people are going to look at you like they looked at those who followed Jesus, and they'll be curious. So if you're taking notes, that that point one is people were attracted to Jesus. 
If I can share a story with you, I remember uh, I went to a public high school back in South Carolina, and, uh, and I went to school and, and kind of had my group of Christian friends. We went to this Bible study together, that kind of thing. But there was one guy that would often hang out with us. Uh, his name was Clay. And uh, Clay was actually uh, kind of involved in another religion, totally not Christian at all. But see, there was something about the way that me and my Christian friends lived that Clay, like, couldn't help but hang out with us. And guys, I remember this. I remember one night we're hanging out at a friend's house. We had just kind of finished playing some basketball, just hanging out. And Clay came up to me, and he was like, man, Matt, I, I got a question. I know we've been kind of been playing basketball and that kind of thing. So it's maybe a little, be a little, bit, uh, a little bit awkward. But, you know, this, all this Jesus stuff that, that you say you believe, do you, do you really believe it? And I said, Clay, you know, that's, I've kind of been waiting for this conversation. And, and yeah, I do believe it, Clay. And I think maybe you should too. And he was like, well, that's, that's interesting. Whoa. And it wasn't at that point, but over time, Clay began to keep hanging out with us. Clay was curious about what we had. And it wasn't a short time after that Clay became a Christian. And for him, that was just the beginning, but it was because we had something to offer Clay. But let's jump in back into the story. Verse 5, it says this, follow along with me. When Jesus had reached the spot, he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, uh, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must come stay at your house. I mean, first off, like, think about kind of how funny this is. Like, you're, you're in your front yard, you look up in a tree, and there's like a grown man in the tree at Zacchaeus. Like, what's this guy doing? And Jesus just straight calls him out and says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house, and it's going to happen today. See, if you're taking notes, point two is that Jesus was intentional. Jesus was intentional. And if you are going to be this friend like Jesus that God wants you to be, it's going to mean that you're going to have to be intentional. And catch this too, at that moment, you know, there's a crowd around. Jesus could have chosen to hang around as many people as he wanted to in that moment. He could have hung out with everybody at one time, groups of 30, 50, or whatever. But what did Jesus decide to do? He decided to find one person, to find Zacchaeus. In M12, I don't know how long you've been hanging around 12 Stone, but if you hang around here long enough, it's not going to take you a long time to figure out the statement that we say a lot, and it's this, that one person matters. And that's not really some cliche. We say it because we see in this story that Jesus lived it out, that Jesus hung out with one person intentionally, Zacchaeus. And so if we can kind of pause the story real fast, think in your life. Who is maybe one person that maybe you're around every day? Maybe it's a sibling. Maybe even it's a parent. Maybe it's somebody at school, a teacher, another friend. And maybe you just know that they are missing something in life. Maybe it's, maybe it's Jesus. And like Jesus, maybe, they, maybe they're just one invitation away. Maybe they're just one, hey, man, how are you doing? Or, hey, this is weird, but can I pray for you? Maybe they're just one invitation away from reaching a breakthrough with Jesus in their life. But Jesus was intentional. So let's see what happens in this story. Uh, verse 6, 
says that uh, he came down at once, that's Zacchaeus, and welcomed Jesus in gladly. Uh, Verse 8 says this, but Zacchaeus stood up and he said this, uh, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times that amount. Verse 9, Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to your household. See, because Jesus was an intentional friend, it changed somebody's life. It changed Zacchaeus, and because it changed Zacchaeus, it changed his whole family, because Jesus said, salvation's come to your, your whole household. And so Jesus changed this person's life. And then let's realize this, right? That none of us can change a person. Only Jesus can do that, right? Only Jesus can change a person. You and I can't. But you know what me and you can do? Is we can bring the presence of Jesus into somebody else's life. And when that presence of Jesus is is there, it can change that person, uh, their whole world. In M12, I want to, in this moment, kind of invite you into uh, uh, this, this vision, this invitation. See, during Jesus' life, Jesus started a movement. Jesus started uh, a, a, um, this incredible thing, a movement happened. And it's all because people like Zacchaeus fell in love with Jesus and what he was doing. Fell in love with the truth that Jesus changes people. And I want each and every one of us in this room to think tonight, what would it look like if you, like Jesus, had intentional friendships? What if everything that you did in terms of your relationship with other people was on purpose so that that person could know Jesus? I mean, just imagine what it would do even here at M12. I mean, if you look around, tonight we have an awesome crowd. But imagine this, imagine if each and every one of you just reached out to one person. I mean, like, imagine how crazy that would be, man. The room would be packed, right? I mean, just one person. But it's not just at M12. Imagine if you did this at school. Just imagine uh, how much better off your school would be. Imagine how much better off our country would be. Imagine how much better off the whole world around us would be because you caught a vision to invest into one person. See, if you read the Bible, you know that these 12 disciples who followed Jesus, that they were a bunch of guys not too much older than you. In fact, the Bible's pretty clear. Most of them were, were probably around your age. Jesus wants to use young people like you only if you allow Uh, God to use you. He's going to change the world through you if you let him.